This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called How Action, Courage, and Breaking the Code Fuel Business Success. As always, I'll kick off today's episode with a brief story before introducing my guest. A few years back, I spent a day fly fishing with my son, Jacob, in Colorado. Jacob caught 37 trout. (laughs) I caught two. I asked him how he did it, and he said, I put my fly on the water. At first, I didn't get it. I expected more, a lecture about fish feeding habits or insect hatches or reading stream flow. but Fly on the water is all he gave me. Then I got it. Jacob is all action when fishing, productive action. I'm a different story. When I was out there on the stream, I was busy, but I was not productive. I spent time analyzing the water, determining which insects were buzzing, flipping through a box for just the right fly, retying knots. And while I was busy doing all of that, I didn't catch a single fish. Jacob spent some time doing that, but only when absolutely necessary. He spent his time with his fly on the water where fish would eat it. I thought of this story when I first met my guest, Rusty Gaylord. Rusty says, being busy is what holds you back. For most people, it's a way to feel productive, but it doesn't help you reach your goals. He's describing me out there on that stream, busy as a bee, but not reaching my goals. And he's describing all of us busy business bees buzzing around in constant motion without taking productive action. Rusty understands the difference between busy and productive. He's the former worldwide director of finance at Apple who followed a traditional corporate path to success from GE under Jack Welch, an MBA at Stanford to 13 years at Apple. He left the corporate world in 2019 when his external success no longer felt like personal success. Rusty now works as an executive coach for tech leaders who want more success without sacrifice. Rusty is a sought-after speaker and author of the best-selling book, Breaking the Code. He lives in Silicon Valley with his wife and 15-year-old son, enjoys playing in the rock band he started this year, and he spends as much time as possible outside. Rusty, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Tom, thank you. And uh, I love your story. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you could relate. You know, when I when I read that quote about busy, I, you know, I, I, thought, of my, I thought of my son, I thought of that day out there fishing with him. Tell us a little more about that difference that that you see between busy and 
productive and why why busy is is what holds you back. Yeah, well, I, you know, so many smart, successful people got there through working hard, right? And all of a sudden, it's like we we start to believe that our key to success is the hard work. It's the being busy. And by the way, being busy feels good, right? There's a status symbol associated with it. When I was first out of college, people bragged about going into investment banking or consulting and working for you know 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week, these crazy things. But there's almost a badge of honor to be working that hard. I'm in demand, I'm important, uh, you know? So, so this idea of being busy, starts to become not just a habit, but it actually becomes something that's even celebrated. Yeah. And the challenge yeah. is, what are you busy with, right? That's that's what I love about your story, right? You can be busy about tying the knots, picking the right gear, looking at the wind, studying the fish, all of that, but your fly's not on the water and you're not gonna catch any fish if your fly's not on the water. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I I have another story that I like to tell about, I, I still have an old pair of shoes that have holes in the soles. And, and the reason they have holes in the soles is they were the shoes that I used to wear when I believed that sales was all about knocking on every door on every floor, all about cold calling until your throat was raw. I, I really believe that the, the more busy you were, the more of a success you would be as a salesperson. Mm -hmm. Those are the bad old days, long, long, long ago. I used to keep those shoes to use your term as a badge of honor. And now I look at them as sort of a badge of dishonor where, where um, it, it, not that it was dishonorable, but that it was just uh, ill-conceived to, to right. think that this is what it was all about. And, and now in marketing, I understand that no, 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 productive marketing, doing a, a different approach where it's not about knocking on every door and every floor and cold calling until your throat is raw. Uh, that That's the difference. So in your experience with uh, beyond marketing and sales, give me some examples of the difference between busy and productive, the, the difference that you help your own clients work toward. Yeah. Well, I, you know, having a full schedule, I think, is, is somehow reassuring to us again mm -hmm. that I think we think we're, we're being productive. But I, I always start with, uh, with uh, the very first question is, what does success look like? If yeah. I'm going to have a conversation with somebody about whether it's about getting a promotion or having a productive meeting or maybe shifting the, how much time they're working, they're feeling stressed and overworked all the time and they're wanting to change that. The conversation always starts with what does success look like? If we worked on this together for a day, a week, a month, six months, whatever the time frame is, and you came out at the end of that and you just said, oh my gosh, what a tremendous value I just took out of that time together. This is a home run. I'm so glad we did this. What would be different? Yeah. What would you be experiencing? And by the way, Answering that question sometimes requires you to break the code. And when I say break the code, I just want to, I want to bring that in here because I know this is something that we, we mentioned, but uh, breaking the code is the name of my book. But that, that concept behind it is that we've almost been programmed. Our habits and our beliefs and our patterns from the past are so strong that it's almost like programming the way you would program a computer or a phone or something. And you repeat the same things over and over again. And so even envisioning a different outcome can require breaking the code because most people will answer the question, what do I think I can have rather than what do I actually want? Yeah. And so yeah. getting them through that barrier, like, okay, forget what you think you can have. I get that. That sounds nice. 
but what would you really want if you if you believed you could have it? And that requires breaking the code, stepping outside of maybe what you've known before, what you've experienced before, and setting a vision for what it is you would really like to have. What level of success? And when I say success, I mean in the broadest sense. Then once you understand that, now you can start to evaluate, are the actions that I'm taking getting me there? And what new actions can I add that will move me towards that vision? And what other actions can I remove that aren't really helping me? That, But without a goal in mind, without a destination, without a clear picture of what success looks like, you'll never be able to evaluate, am I doing the right things or not? Yeah, I, I love that. And, and you're also talking about breaking the things that we may not even realize are habits, but are habits. Uh, oh, yeah. About- I'd love to give you an example of that from, yeah, from my own experience, yeah, um, which was, you know, I, I, as you said, I was 13 and a half years working at Apple. And towards the end of that, I knew I was ready to go do something new, but I didn't know what it was. So I wrote out my resume. I said, what have I done in the past? What's my experience? And I looked at my resume and it said, what am I qualified to do? Who will hire me? How can I translate this past experience into something new? When I asked those questions, all the answers that came up to me, like going to work at another tech company, I live in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, so there's there's a bunch of them here, or going to be a consultant or working at a startup, all of those felt like more or less a change of scenery, right? It was like not fundamentally different to what I was doing, but just doing it in a different place. And I just kept coming back to this answer of, if I'm not, if I'm only changing the scenery, I'm actually pretty happy at Apple. Apple's a great company. I don't, I don't want to change the scenery. I want to like find what it is I really want to do. I didn't actually figure out what I wanted to do, which ultimately led to me becoming a coach until I sat in a meeting and in, in a, it was a talk, actually, it was a presentation. It was only 20 minutes long. And I can remember where I was sitting. I remember where I was in the room. I can picture the, the seats ahead of me. I can picture the person up there on stage because it was such an important moment that this person helped me to break through all of these assumptions and beliefs I had about me, my career, what was possible for me. Mm-hmm. And she stood there and she asked questions like, you know, what if you didn't worry about what other people would think? And what if you didn't worry about whether you'd be able to make as much money as you think you need to make? And what if you didn't worry about whether you had the right experience or not? And she just late kind of peeled away one by one, all of these assumptions, beliefs, constraints, limitations on what I thought was possible on how I saw myself. And when she did that, she kind of ended up with this question of what would you really, what would really make you happy? What would you enjoy doing? And the answer for me was to talk to people about what really matters in life. Yeah. Have conversations like this to get clear on where are you going? And what do you want from your life? And that led to me becoming a coach, but I would never have gotten there without peeling away all of those constraints and assumptions and beliefs, which to me is the code. That is the code. I was, you know, I grew up in a family where my dad put on a suit and went to work, went into the office, worked at the same company for 35 years, was very successful. And the model of success was go find a great company and be loyal and work there and show up and do your best job. Yeah. And that's what I thought success was until I peeled back some of those assumptions and constraints. And that's what allowed me to make a shift. Yeah. And peeling back the code, as you've described it, takes courage. And I've heard you talk about the idea that courage is really the most 
important personal characteristic for achieving success. Talk about that for a bit. I, absolutely, it is uh, because I, so I, you know I'll, I'll I'll share a bit about my experience because when I contemplated leaving Apple. And by the way, I worked at Apple for 13 and a half years, but I worked at General Electric right out of college. I worked at PG&E, which is the utility here, but these are all massive corporations. Mm -hmm. I'd always worked at a big corporation. And the idea of leaving that and a stable paycheck and all of that and that it entails to go start my own business terrified me. Uh, you know, there was a part of me that's like, are you crazy? What if you fail? You know, you've never done this before. You don't know what you're doing. I had all of those thoughts. So the, the courage is in the willingness to go for what it is that you want, and even the willingness to stake a claim for what it is that you want. Yeah. Because, you know, am I absolute, was I absolutely certain that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my career? No. You know, what if I leave Apple and I go do this, and not only am I bad at it, but I discover I don't like it either. Like, I, I had that thought. I had that fear. So it takes courage to be willing to say, but it feels like the right decision now. And I yeah. want to go in that direction. And it takes real courage to overcome the momentum, to break through the code, to set aside the fears and concerns about what other people will think, all those other things that we, we talked about. It takes real courage to overcome that and still move forward. Yeah. So tell us about that journey. Tell us about leaving Apple and your step into the consulting and coaching work that you now do. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like to I like to share with people is that you know oftentimes we think about leaving Apple and going into coaching and consulting, and it's not like I had this idea and the next day I walked in and told my boss sure. I quit, yeah. right? But a lot of us think that way. A lot of us think that it's just it's this big leap that you take all at once. And so one of the tools I like to work with 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 my clients is this idea of experimentation. Well, mm -hmm. what if what is a little experiment you can do that moves you in that direction to see how does it work? Do you get good results? Do you like it? Are there any negative thing, outcomes that you need to consider? And so I, I employed that. I don't think I would have called it that at the time, but that's the, those are the steps that I took, which was finding out, okay, if I'm going to be a coach, I want to get trained and certified. So I'm going to do a little research and find a program. I'm going to investigate that. Okay, I'm going to sign up and actually go through the training, go through the certification process. Okay, now I'm going to start a business. I'm going to go do some of the marketing work. I'm going to go find my first client. So I took all of these incremental steps, these little experiments, if you will. Mm -hmm. And by the time I'd done a number of them, I was two thirds of the way towards this transition of leaving my old job and moving into my new job. And at that point, it didn't feel like a big leap. Of course, I was still scared each time I went in to tell my boss that I was going to leave, but, right. but it didn't feel like such a big step anymore. And so yeah, I think what, this idea of experimentation really makes a big difference. And what, what I love about that story is that it wasn't just do some research, period, the end. It was do some research and take the step. And it goes back to this conversation that we were having at the very beginning. You know, James Clear in his book, Atomic uh, Habits, which is a, a great, great book, mm -hmm. makes the distinction between motion and action. And he describes it as, you know, motion is doing a bunch of research on whatever, but not writing or sending the email or taking the step. And when you talk about people being busy, you're, you're describing at least in, in clears vernacular, the, the act of being in motion, but not being in 
action and and so many business people, including ones who want out or are wondering whether there's a better place to go, they'll be in motion. They'll research, they'll look at opportunities, they'll think about it a whole lot. They'll be really busy doing that, but they won't then do the training. They won't then uh, take those steps. And so your story is one of practicing what you preach. You were you were actually taking incremental action toward mm-hmm. this this grand step, and, and as you note, it wasn't a you know going from um, in corporate America to this giant leap. It was it was a series of steps, and yeah. and one step at a time, one thing at a time. It's it. There's a lot to learn and a lot of inspiration in that story for people who yeah. uh, are interested in a similar path. Tom, it, it really reminds me of, I, I've, I've, been, I've had a number of clients that I've worked with recently who, when we start our work together, as I said, I always start with what does success look like? What do you want? Mm-hmm. And a number of them have identified a change in job as something that they want. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we start to peel that back and say, well, why do you want a change in job? Why do you want to move to a different job? And as we peel that back, Oftentimes it comes down to, well, you know, I've been working really hard in this job and I want to find a job where I've got a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more balance, where I can have a little bit more time for myself and for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to that. I've been in that position. But one of the things I've discovered with, through working with people is when you peel back what they say they want and you get to the underlying reason, right? If you can get to that underlying reason, oftentimes you can have that thing, that underlying reason. You can have that without any change externally. So right. what I mean by that is if you're looking for more free time or more flexibility, you can accomplish that without changing jobs. And what's required, though, is the courage to take action, to do a little experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I, I I've I've had a number of clients who have, you know, and this is this is me too. I've I've been this way, right? Which is like you you leave work and you come home, you see you spend some time with your family, and at the end of the day, you go back on email, right? Because mm-hmm. there's all this, you were in meetings all day, and so all this work piled up, and you've got things to do in the evening to catch up. Mm-hmm. I even had one client who described to me that he felt guilty taking time off of work to have dinner with his family. Cause it's yeah. like yeah. there's so much going on, I've got to keep going. And, you know, we, we were able to, he wanted to change jobs so that he had a job with more flexibility, but through this work together, through a willingness to experiment through some courage to do things differently, he actually tried once or twice, not going back to work. And then at the next day, and he discovered, huh, you know, it actually worked. I didn't have any major issues. And so, you know, once you do an experiment once and you see that actually worked pretty well, it's way easier to do it again the next time. And over time, through our work together, he shifted the pattern of his work. Now, of course, there's still days where he works long hours, but sure. it's not the routine anymore. It's not regular. And the beauty of this is when you have downtime, when you have free time, you're actually you're a better person. You're more resourceful. You're more creative. You've got that blank time that you need, an empty space in your head that you need in order for new ideas and creative things to come to you right? Like think about the stereotypical place that everybody gets great ideas, which is in the shower. Cause you're not doing anything, right? You're just, yeah. you're in the shower. It doesn't take any mental capacity to do that. So when you've got more of that kind of time in your day, 
you can be more creative. And when you're more creative, you're more effective because that's what ultimately most of us are our biggest value is the ideas that we generate and our willingness to move things forward and our ability to move things forward. That's not all being busy and taking action. Right. That's about being productive. So right. I, and I when you're more that. when you're more effective and more productive, that frees more time for you to go back and and enjoy time yep. with your family, enjoy time thinking, enjoy time reflecting. So it becomes a circle that feeds itself for the yes. positive. It's uh it's it's great. And uh, as you were telling that story, it reminded me of a recruiter, an employment coach who told a similar story. She used to be all about, okay, I'm going to help you find that new place, that new job you want. And what she came to realize is as she got better at it, asked the kind of questions that you're describing and you're asking, she was actually having the greatest success helping people find success in their existing jobs. And her whole work evolved from, from employment transfer to employment success, being more, more successful in whatever path of employment you choose. And more often than not now, that path is staying in the place you are just as you described. So uh, I, I love yeah. that story. And, you know, it, it ties back to one of the principles that, that I believe in and is fundamental to the coaching work that I do is you're hundred percent responsible for yep. your success. And again, by success, I mean, in the broadest sense, your happiness, your fulfillment, your career success, your income, all of that. Yeah. And the changes inevitably that you need to make are not out there. They're in here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. So we've talked about a lot. We've talked about breaking the code. We've talked about courage. We've talked about that difference between busy and productive. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a marketer. I'm coaching my clients on how to feel greater success, market more productively without that sense of frustration, writer's block, and so forth. How, in your experience working with clients or in your own work, does do the principles that you're describing apply to work in marketing and sales? Oh, they absolutely apply to, to work yeah. in marketing and sales. I mean, so, you know, fundamentally, I think let's go back to the uh, busy versus productive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think it's so easy to get, to get busy. Uh, mm -hmm. And by the way, I, I think something that starts out as productive can transition to becoming busy. Right. right. You, you may start on something, but, you know, it's back to this um, kind of this, this rule that done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you can start off very productive, getting something, building something and, and honing it and improving whether it's a new marketing campaign or messaging or whatever it is, a brand, brand platform. Uh, but at some point, done is always better than perfect. Yep. Uh, and you can you can get into this busy work of trying to get that incremental uh, degree of improvement, but it's no longer really worth the effort. Exactly. And, and you need to have the courage to release your work. Uh, yeah. you know, you, you talk about, yes. you talk about busy versus productive. I, I know so many people who are busy, busy, busy on social media. They're spending time They're They're accumulating likes They're They're building followings, but do they really have a clear picture of what the goal is? Think back about what Rusty's been telling us about what they're trying to achieve, why they're doing it, what the big outcome is. And then is that work anything more than just being kind of in motion, 
kind of being busy, yeah. but not really being productive. So yeah, it, I, I, I just, you know, back to that idea of like, what is your, what is your goal? Um, and it reminds me of when I was a director at Apple and uh, I was just, I was running from meeting to meeting. I was always late, uh, you know, so I was always scurrying to, you know, to the meetings and it was just, it was, I felt like my schedule was just packed every day. And I remember going by my off my boss's office and looking in and seeing my boss sitting there at his desk as I was running from meeting to meeting, you know, I'd be running by his office and he, there he was sitting there working. And this happened for you know a couple of weeks until finally one day I went in and I asked him, it's like, why is it, how is it that you're always sitting here? I'm like, my schedule is packed. I'm always busy. There's always people trying to get time on my calendar. I can, you know, I'm always prioritizing which meeting do I take? And here you are sitting here getting work done. And he looked at me and he said, well, you know, Rusty, you're responsible for your calendar, right? Uh, and it yeah. so reminded me of your story of your son yeah. saying, well, you just got to put the fly in the water. I, was, I looked at him. It's like, I know I'm responsible for my calendar. I'm doing the best I can. I've got all these yeah. people who are trying to get time with me. And, you know, it, if when you think about social media, I can fall into this trap. Like, oh, gosh, this person commented on my post. I want to comment back. I want to comment on their post. I want to be engaged. I want to get likes and visibility. And you know, it's almost like there's this demand out there for me, and that can feel good. It can feel good to to be in, be wanted and be in demand. Uh, yeah. And you have to ask yourself, to what end is this moving me towards my goal, and is this where I want to be spending my time? So, yeah. you want to just a simple way to do that is just to give yourself a check in, whether you do it every week or every other week, and just reflect back on where am I spending my time. Mm-hmm. Is it helping me achieve my goal? What is my goal? You know, obviously you have to know what your goal is, but to just to ask that question. And if you get clear on what your goal is, you can prioritize the things that move you towards that. Uh, one, yeah. of, one of my, my friends has said, you don't try to prioritize your schedule. You schedule your priorities. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I love that way of thinking of it. You know, if you know what's important to you, put them on your schedule and make sure that those are getting done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I read, it might have been a James Clear or or, uh, another book that's related to this essentialism, which I which I think is is right in line with what you're talking about, that this idea of priorities, Mm -hmm. that word was not there was not even a plural of that word until sometime in the 20th century that the notion of more than one priority was uh, mm-hmm. uh, an oxymoron. It, by definition, priority is the thing, the yes. one thing. And Singular. having that mindset of at least on a daily basis, uh, here is the thing and here is why I am working on it and so forth is is such an essential idea. And, uh, you know, as you were describing this, Rusty, it was circling back to this idea of courage. Part of it is the courage to say, no, no, I'm not going to attend that meeting. No, you don't need me. You can do this without me. Or, or no, I'm not going to do that thing that you've asked me to do or take that lunch or whatever. That's It takes courage to take control of your schedule, especially, I think, in a corporate environment. But I think it applies also to those of us who are hanging our own shingle and, and working as solopreneurs. Absolutely. It takes a ton of courage because, you know, and I, I you, you talk about marketing and having spent most of my uh, corporate career in finance and operations, 
marketing is relatively new to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a coach, what I've discovered is there are thousands of people out there who love to sell to coaches and they've got yeah, the greatest marketing yeah. program and this and that. And, you know, I could say yes to 20 of those things, but I'd be running all over. I'd be very busy, but I don't think I would be productive. And it, right. it does take courage to focus. Focus requires courage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Rusty, where can people find you and who are the best people to come look for you? Who do you uh, like to serve and work with? I, yeah. So I, I love to serve uh, business people in tech. So I, you know, I say you've got an MBA in tech and you want to be successful in successful in the broadest sense of that word, right? That's both career success and personal success. Again, back mm-hmm. to this idea of success without sacrifice. Those are the people I love to serve. Um, so those are the people that uh, are good ones to talk to. And by the way, if, if you're a success at all costs, if your pro- career progression and income and title and all of that at all costs, then probably not the right conversation because I really do believe that uh, in order to be the best business person, you have to be the best version of yourself. I think those things go hand in hand. Right. Um, By the way, there was, there was great marketing wisdom modeled in that. So don't you're, you're selling yourself short on the marketing front, uh, disqualifying noting the people with whom you don't want to work is as important from a marketing perspective as identifying your ideal prospect. And, and you just did that. And <laughs> so um, I want to know one more thing about, about your prospects. You said business people. You didn't say business owners. And, and so if you're listening and, and you are working in a corporate environment and you just want to be happier in your work or whatever the case may be, um, Rusty's a great person to talk to or a business owner in tech as well. Am I right about yeah, that, Rusty? Absolutely. And I, yeah. I work with both. I work with people that uh, work in big corporations and I work with business owners. So um, absolutely. Both, and where can people uh, where can people find you? By the way, uh, before you answer that question, I want to note that so much, you know, I'm not running a tech company anymore. I used to. And, and uh, but so much of what Rusty brings to the world his book, what's going on uh, on on LinkedIn and so forth, listening to podcasts like this one when he's a guest. So much of that is valuable to people, even if they are not in tech. So those of you who are listening, don't tune out and 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 say, ah, this guy's not for me, because there's a ton of value that Rusty brings to the world, whether you're in tech or not. So that said, Rusty, where can people go find your book, connect with you on social? Where where do you want them to connect with you? Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, the On social media, the place to find me is on LinkedIn. It's really the only platform I'm active on. So Rusty Gaylord on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can connect with me there or follow me. And let me know that you heard me here on this podcast. Uh, you can check out my book, Breaking the Code, and it's on Amazon. So I suggest that if you go to Amazon and search for it, you search for Breaking the Code Rusty. There are a number of books with the same title, but that's the only one that I wrote. So you'll find it that way. Uh, and you're welcome to drop me an email, rusty at svdreambuilders.com. That stands for Silicon Valley Dream Builders, svdreambuilders.com, rusty at svdreambuilders.com. Drop me an email. Tell me, uh, tell me you heard me here, what you liked and uh, what you found interesting and be happy to have a conversation. Terrific. Thank you. Any parting thoughts before we call it a day? You know, I, I, I think that this, I want to just go back to this idea of breaking the code uh, because the fundamentally the, the 
thing that stands between you and what you really want, the degree of success you really want in your career, in your company, uh, the promotion, the work-life balance, the family relationships, all of that. The only thing that stands between you and achieving that is your past habits, your beliefs about what's possible, your view of yourself and what you think you can accomplish. And when you can break through that, when you can break through the code and just open up an expanded view of what's possible, that is the huge first step. Because once you can see that, you can achieve it. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Rusty, thanks so much. Very much enjoyed the conversation. Our paths will cross again, I am sure. So thanks for being here and we'll see you down the road. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, everyone. Take care. for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 